Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to your Guides to Love podcast. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Curtis Lee Thomas here, and he's a best-selling author of the book, The World is Yours, The Secret Behind the Secret, founder of Breathwork Detox, and a corporate mindfulness trainer. Welcome. Hey, hey. Thanks for having me. How are you? Yes. You're welcome. I just love everything you're doing. Whenever you post, I'm like, yes, so spot on. <laughs> <laughs> Good so to tell know. Tell everybody a little bit more about what you're doing. Um, besides posting on Instagram, I, uh, I'm an author of The World is Yours, The Secrets Behind the Secret, which was my first book back in 2014. And uh, I created Breathwork Detox, which is a very powerful, cathartic form of breathing that induces clarity, creativity, and just healing. And my own healing journey is what got me there. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really dedicated on putting out, um, let's call it different perspectives of the truth, you know, to really kind of make people think. And also the breath work is really the tool, you know, that helps them, you know, because information is one thing, but it's like, what do you do with some of this stuff? Right. It's like, you know, we, we need tools to actually heal. And that's kind of the basis of the breathwork detox is that we all want to manifest these things, but we really got to let go of things first in order to let in. Mm, yes. And I so, I'm so glad that you brought that up though, because people don't think about that. And then they say early, this is when I get a lot because I talk about relationships and sexuality. People always say, well, why am I not attracting the person that I want to be with? Yep. You got a lot of junk from your past relationship that you haven't got rid of. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So it, what is the main true. problem that people come to you for? Um, you know, I, it doesn't, I don't really work like that anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I don't do one-on-ones. If I do, it's very seldom. I, I realize where my passion and power is working in large groups. So, you know, when I do a large groups of, you know, you know, 100, 200 people, you know, they kind of come back to me with feedback on Instagram after a powerful event. And they kind of let me know the things that they work through instead of kind of coming to me, telling me their problems and then me giving them information. I just show them how to be their own healer, you know, how to tap into their, their own inner wisdom and get their own answers. So they come to me like, I healed this, I fixed this. So they're telling me the, the problem and the solution. So it's way better that way than just to hear a bunch of people's problems and give them the information and hope that, you know, they listen and, and they run with it and, and you know, and hope they get some, some form of healing. But it's, it's way better to do it how, you know, how I'm doing it now. Mm, I love that. Well, the only reason why I ask that is because I think that you're right, because it's almost like, you know, now with the self-help culture, we are always trying to go to another guru or another book or another course. And it's like, you need to be your own guru. You know, it sounds super cliche. Um, but yeah, I kind of get what Jesus was talking about. <laughs> you know, we, we truly, we have the power. It's all in us. It's just that no one's really teaching us. Like, okay, we know that, but like, how do we do it? So, uh, you know, my journey has really forced me to um, delve into all different facets of, of healing to try to fix myself. And through that journey, you know, it was a journey of desperation. You know, I was doing, 
uh, combo frog poison venom that makes you projectile vomit to heal, going to the jungles of ayahuasca, you know, drinking in the middle of the rainforest with the shamans, you know, 12 ceremonies in a row, like crazy things, you know, and, and, I, and this is after, you know, the Western medicine where I had, you know, every test and um, surgery, I had all these things and doctors couldn't tell me what was wrong with me, and specifically in my, my stomach. And that's what really kind of put me on the, the healing journey. And it wasn't until I actually went to a breathwork class. And mind you, after doing all that stuff, even the most invasive stuff, my, I had a Taoist tummy massager and she just worked on your stomach. And she's the one that told me, hey, you know, you should really try um, this breathwork. And I'm like, yeah, I, I breathe all the time. Like, it, it's not going to work. Trust me, I've tried way more crazier things and it hasn't worked. And she's like, no, no, no. And when you're so desperate, you know, you'll really kind of try anything. So I tried it in the first um, session I did, there was this like 90 pound girl next to me and this big, huge NFL dude that played for like the Rams or somewhere. And like 15 minutes in the breath work, she starts bawling her eyes out. And I'm thinking like she's having a bad day, you know? And then five minutes later, the big NFL dude's the heck is wrong with these people? And then before I could even like formulate the thought, I'm like, ah, and all three of us are crying. And I'm like, well, what's going on? And it was so powerful. It was so cathartic. And I was, I felt myself just releasing stuff from the past that I was holding on to. And it was a painful moment or memory, but I wasn't crying pain. I was crying tears of joy. Like, oh my God, I just released that. I've been holding on to that. That's been like, causing havoc in my nervous system in my life and it was like ah so that was the first time and when I went home I didn't notice it that night but in the morning my stomach pain it went away and it didn't really go away it actually this is the strange part it and now this is five years of stomach pain and it was a weird pain that I, I could it was really difficult to articulate to the doctors and it moved from my stomach to my back and I was like, wow, how, how does the pain move? And then I realized why, you know, thousands of dollars in co-payments over five years, you know, and, you know, I can't even imagine, you know, how many visits. The doctors couldn't heal me because it wasn't physical. It was mm -hmm. energetic. It was emotional. And no one taught me how to process emotions correctly. I, I missed that elective, you know, I didn't take that class. And, uh, and I knew that I, at that moment, I had to share this with the world. Mm. Wow. And then when did that happen? That was like five years ago. Oh, yeah. that is so powerful because I, you're so right. Like we don't, they don't talk to us. I think that's why so many people struggle emotionally is because we are not taught how to process emotions. Guys are taught not to express their emotions. And then women, it's like, oh, she's so emotional, you know, Stop being so emotional, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I noticed, um, you know, in a class, there'll be like a class of 100 people. You got 50 people in tears and, you know, just releasing stuff. And I spend a good 20 minutes in the beginning of the class really just kind of creating the, the sacred space in the container to be able to give people the permission to cry, you know, and be vulnerable. You know, for men, it is difficult to to crying all crying is it's a huge emotional release you know so um and you know 
I noticed the guys have a tough time crying and the women have a tough time, you know, screaming, you know, cause we do these CO2 dumps and these big releases. It's like, it's a, it's an, a healing event. It's a healing extravaganza that goes on in these events. And it's pretty cool now that I'm doing them virtually to act, create that in a virtual environment environment. And I didn't think I'd be able to do it cause I just part of it cause I crave, um, giving people energy and receiving that energy in the live events. But to my surprise, the virtual events are just as powerful, you know, and uh, that's huge because now I'm able to heal people in different countries. I couldn't do that before. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I was just about to say, well, I'd love to go to one, but I'm not in LA. Yeah. That is so, wow. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Cause that's one of the things for me too. I loved hosting in-person workshops because you, you can't miss that. But that's great that you're recreating that because our society needs that this kind of work right now. <laughs> oh yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, we we currently live in the age of anxiety. That's what it's being called. And I read an article in the World Health Organization five years ago that stated that by the year 2020, anxiety and depression will be the number one disabilities worldwide, mm-hmm. not just the United States. 2020 is here, and unfortunately that statement has prophesized and it's true. And, and this was pre COVID now, like think of like the, the COVID and all these businesses shutting down and riots and racism, you know, at an all time high, it's like, we were already stressed the heck out, you know, you know, in fear and anxiety and depression. And now it's like, shit, people need a tool. Even if they don't think they need a tool, I guarantee they need a tool because everybody has some form of stress. But if stress goes unchecked, then that turns into anxiety. When anxiety goes unchecked, that turns into either panic attacks or depression. And either of those three go unchecked, it can lead to dis-ease when the, the body and the nervous system just can't handle everything and we end up getting sick. But why do you think that is, though? Do you think it's because people are just so disconnected from themselves? It's, it's a part of it. I mean, this, the, the crappy answer I really don't want to give is that it's so much stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, it's the air we're breathing. It's the food we're eating. It's the water we're drinking. It's the thoughts we're putting in our head. I mean, studies show that 80% of our thoughts are negative in nature. You know, and then 90% of our thoughts are the same thoughts that we had the day before. So we're in a hamster wheel. There's these crappy thoughts that create crappy emotions and those crappy emotions create crappy thoughts. And, you know, it's this vicious cycle. Um, But what I notice out of all those things um, is uh, emotions because we want, we all want to feel good, right? So the body holds on to all the toxins and all the trauma it's our body is a, literally a living library that records all our experiences throughout our life, the traumas, the pains. And what happens is even as children, we cannot process trauma. We don't have the emotional intelligence to process certain trauma. So what the brain does to protect itself is it stores that, that memory in some places in the body, right? This is why we get certain pains in certain areas. It's, it's like dinging. It's like a black box in a plane, like, Hey, All the information is here, you know, it's going to keep digging until we we open it up and see what it is so we can heal from that. So the issues are in the tissues. So the body lives in the past, right? The mind 
loves to live in the future, but the soul wants to be present. But we mm. really need to go into the body and we need to clear out, clear out the trauma, clear out the junk, clear out the crappy thoughts. And this is why I recommend breath work before I'd recommend meditation, especially to a, a newbie, somebody who's just starting out, is because when, and this is why people get frustrated with meditation, because they sit there and you know they try to clear their mind and get all these crazy thoughts and they've got to calm 55,000 thoughts is which we have today and, and calm them into a, a, a calm still pond where I like to look at meditation as more of an advanced practice. You know, breath work is like cleaning, cleaning yourself or your car with a power washer, right? And meditation is like cleaning your car with a toothbrush, right? You want to clean the car, do a deep clean with the breath work, get all the junk out, which meditation won't do. And then once you clear that stuff out, then go to a meditation practice or then, then do meditation after breath work. Breath work um, should be the practice and meditation should be the maintenance. And, and when you do breath work and have a breath work practice and then implement a meditation practice, it's so much better. It's so much um, um, more enjoyable. Meditation sucks. I mean, you try to get somebody who is stressed out to sit down, sit still, and don't think any thoughts for the next 20 minutes. It's like they got to go more crazy. You know, it's like, no, like breath work's a thing. Like you're not trying to calm your thoughts. This particular pattern, you're pushing them out with four. You're giving yourself something to do, which is great. This is why uh, people like who have – let's say ADD or ADHD or overthinkers or just business people who just always work, 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 work. It's so hard for them to meditate why they love breath work because it gives them something to do. Mm. Okay. So for the people listening, would you say for them to do breath work every day, do they have to go to a class to do breath work? What is the suggestion? Yeah, you can, I'm at breath work, any practice, whether it's meditation or yoga, it's like our relationship right? You're a, you're a relationship coach, mm -hmm. you know? So if I was to have a relationship with a female and I was to call that female once a month, you know, how well is that bond going to be? Not that good. <laughs> no, she's not going to be, she's not going to be too fond of me. She's not going to think I'm into her. She's not going to give me much energy and attention. And she's not going to be willing to, to do things for me that she normally would do if she felt the connection. Now, if I called her once a week, that'd be a little better. But what if I we had some form of contact you know, every single day or, you know, four or five times a week. That's going to be a really good relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And even like, you know, if, if that was with a friend, if you're, call, if you're contacting somebody every single day, then chances are that's your best friend. Now, if you're doing a breathwork practice every single day, you're developing in a relationship. However, that best friend isn't your friend, it's yourself. So you're actually developing a better relationship with yourself. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I've done breath. I did breath work once on a retreat and people are having some wild experiences. Like go into yeah. that. Like, do you, do people tell you that? They're just like, it's insane. Oh, I mean, I don't, they don't have to tell me. I see it. I, I've seen it. I've seen so much, so many, so many breakthroughs. I mean, there was one guy, um, this was at one of my buddies. And he was a, a war veteran and he was in breath work. And during breath work, his legs started to go like this. 
you know, like, like they were running and come to find out after breath work, he was in the war and um, a bomb went off and killed his friend and, and he went to fight or flight, but it's really fight, flight or freeze. And he froze while all this stuff was going on and he survived and he ended up having really, really bad PTSD. And when he went to breath work and his, he, he tapped into that moment and his feet started going and he kind of relived that moment to get it out of his system and he healed his PTSD. It went away after that because when we, when we freeze, we hold on to the stuff and, and it stays inside of us and it just, it's suffering, it's torture, it wreaks havoc, it's, it's horrible. So we got to really kind of get that stuff out. So the breath work tapped into it and allowed it to come out. Another girl, um, I, w- I was working with her and she was breathing and she started crying and I could hear like almost like a little baby, like an infant crying. And I was like, wow, that sounds just like an infant, you know, and I have my hands on her. And then she came up to me afterwards. She goes, you have no idea what just happened. She goes, I was abandoned as a baby, abandoned as a, as a baby. And I was adopted and I finally was able to heal my mother that had been, I'm getting goosebumps right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she just told me her whole story and it was just so moving. It's like, that's how powerful like this, this practice is. And it, you see some deep, deep healing. And then the lighter side of it is that, you know, business people, they'll get multi-million dollar ideas and concept because the creativity that comes, which is actually when I first started out, it was really about the healing. Cause I know, cause not only did I know I needed it, if I didn't get it, I, I couldn't function in this world. I, I just couldn't. I would just, I would, didn't have the capacity. And once I got through that, the creativity and the clarity that comes. So there's something that happens at the 10 to 12 minute mark of breathwork called transient hypofrontality. And that's when the prefrontal cortex begins to shut down. And when that shuts down, that is the the executive decision maker that this is good, this is bad, you're me, I'm you. So that monkey mind that critic when that shuts down the veil just disappears and you're able to see your life your mission your purpose and all the answers that pretty much has been going on behind the screen of your awareness it just all is 360 degrees and the answers that i got for myself well to me that's priceless information's priceless so that's why i do breathwork every day because you know i get that valuable knowledge and information Wow, that's amazing. Okay, so how often do you lead your virtual class? Um, I do them once or twice a month. Yeah. Okay, wow, that's incredible. Yeah, I love, okay, so oh, since I focus a lot on sexuality, for people that have issues sexually or maybe being present with their partner during sex, I'm sure breathwork helps with that. Yeah, because breathwork is, let me just grab a, a thing of water real quick. Do you mind? Because okay. I'm like, parts and I didn't get it. One second. Hopefully we can edit that out. Um, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the thing about breath work, it's a two part breath. So you're doing two breaths in one breath out. The first breath goes deep into the belly. Now, the belly houses all of your chi, all your prana, all the life force energy is inside of the belly. So you have 70 
2000 nadis, which are the energy channels that all your, your prana runs through. So we have blood. How does the blood get distributed through the veins? We have life force, chi energy. Well, how does it get distributed through the body? Through these things called nadis or meridians. And that's why when they get clogged through emotions, emotions is what clogs them. That's when you get anxiety and all those feelings because anxiety is really just pent up uh, energy that's not flowing correctly. So when you use the breath, it clears it out. Now we have 72,000 of these nadis and they all intersect. They're like energetic highways and they all intersect in one space in the body, in only one space. And that's the stomach. It's the time square. Now, why is that important? And why am I bringing that up in relation to what you said is because behind our belly button is the sacral chakra. The sacral chakra is our sexual chakra. So behind the belly button, this is our creative energy. That's where the creative energy in our being, which is that, that orange energy, it's located behind the belly button, behind the navel. And that creative energy is the energy of creation, which is when if you relate that to sexual energy, sexual energy, you create a child, mm -hmm. right? So they're, they're synonymous. And that's why very highly success, successful men um, have a lot of sexual energy. And when they and they really don't learn how to transmute that until their later years, right? So it's really for for men, it's really about harnessing that sexual energy and using it for creativity. For because for men, it's a lot easier to misuse that energy, you know, and dispense that energy and not use it towards your mission, your purpose, and your goals. So I realized what what breath work um, it not only untangles you know, some of the things in that particular area, but it also um, strengthens and vibrates, uh, makes it more vibrant and just more, let's call it like a healthier relationship with your, with your sexual energy. Oh, wow. Wait, why would you think that men, it's easier for men to misuse that? Is that because they're taught to misuse it? Um, I think it's more um, personally instinctual. You know, just uh, I feel like women operate more from the heart chakra, right? And uh, have more of an open heart. You know, men are a little bit closed off. Well, you know, women are more, um, I mean, and, and women are, men are more active in the lower chakras. So the sacral, the sacral chakra is more active in men than it is women. And for women, it's the opposite. It's like, you know, I think it's uh, the energies have been tampered with. <laughs> mm -mm. I agree with you, but I also think that women are just as sexual as men. I think that we're not allowed to fully express that. You well, know? I'm not saying that there's not women out there. I believe that the women who are like that are more liberated. Mm, yeah. And I feel like the, the men um, who have that balance, who can, who can open up their heart chakra and live with compassion and love are more liberated as well. But this, it's an off balance. And mm -hmm. that's why relationships and dating is so hard. But when you have women who are like that, they're more liberated. They're more free spirits. They more stand in their power. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, I had a lady this morning tell me, she said, I'm, I don't, he's not connected his heart. Like she told me that about her partner. And so they're not really connecting. And so I think that's a really big problem with guys in our society, not connecting with their heart or their emotions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why, um, probably for those, you know, men, journaling is really good. Um, Tantra, I remember when I was, uh, 
actually that's a good story I could tell you is um probably gosh I don't know eight years ago or something like that I was sleeping in bed and I woke up and I heard the phrase you need to learn tantra or, or tantric I never heard that word before Mm-hmm. No clue what it meant. And I woke up and I was like, what the heck is a tantra? Tantric? And I went and looked it up. And I, I was like, wow, I'm like I didn't know that word. It was literally spirit talking to me. And wow. I ignored it because I read it and I was like, oh, mushy gushy stuff. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not into that. Like, no. <laughs> and it wasn't shortly after that I started having stomach problems. And I truly think in hindsight, that spirit was giving me that information so I could begin to kind of untangle some of the, the energy, the, the traffic jam in Times Square, you know, in my sacral chakra. They seen the problem. I couldn't. And they tried to help me. I didn't listen. And because I didn't listen, you know, I had to take this, this, this journey that was probably a lot rougher than it could have been. But everything happens for a reason. <laughs> okay, it sounds like my journey. I um I've had that's so interesting too what you were saying about the stomach. I've had stomach issues a lot of my life. And what led me into doing I was a health coach and then now I'm doing what I'm doing with sexuality and relationships. And the only reason why that even happened is because I couldn't have an orgasm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because I was on an antidepressant and birth control and then just completely shit off my sexuality. Mm. I was like, I, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. And so it was like this journey of me exploring it. And then I went to Costa Rica to, on a sexual retreat. Mm-hmm. And so I think that even though I feel like I took the long route too, maybe it was meant to happen. I don't know. Yeah. So do you feel, so I don't know where you're at right now in the journey. Um, but do you feel, because I know like the antidepressants, because my mother was on antidepressants for 17 years. Yeah. And she, it took her six years to wean off. And what she learned is that she knew more about antidepressants than the doctors that were prescribing them to her. Because she took them all, knew which ones worked, which ones didn't work, all the mm-hmm. side effects, and then the long-term effects. So, but it cuts off your, uh, uh, your emotions. It makes you kind of emotionless. So I'm curious if you, you felt that played a part in cutting off the orgasm. Oh yeah, definitely did. Like I got off everything because I remember this was several years ago. I had a psychiatrist and she said, Oh, don't worry. She's like, that's such a common symptom of people having sexual issues. She's like, we can just put you on another pill to counteract the side effects of that pill. Mm. And I was like, are you serious? (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, So that's why I got into the whole holistic health and everything. But yeah, your mom is right. It's, um, I mean, I have women tell me that all the time and I tell them that they would be experiencing more pleasure if they were not on that. But we have this problem where it's like you have the anxiety, depression, so then they put you on that, but then that leads to the other issues. Mm. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad. Well, that's why we're here. Yes, but that's, yeah, because <laughs> I was just thinking, that's the power of what you're doing what I'm doing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> that is so powerful because uh, like breath is like so important. It's so important. I mean, humans can go years without sunlight. They can go months without food, weeks without water, but not too long without breath. (laughs) It is essential, you know, to um, not just living and sustaining life, 
to, I mean, every emotion we have correlates to a very specific breathing pattern. So the hack is if you can change your breathing pattern, you can change your, you know, phys physiological, physiolo can't say the word. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, how you show up. That's what Tony Robbins talks about, you know, changing your state, you know, so like breath work in the very, I never want to do it in the first like five minutes. And then as soon as you just break past like, you know, five, really 10 minute mark, the body just goes into this automatic, it's just open. And it's like, you just have all this like love and euphoria just like pouring in. And it's just from changing your breathing. It's so, it's so simple. It's so powerful. And like I was, when I had, when I was having panic attacks, I was taking triple the dose that I was supposed to of this particular uh, anti-anxiety medication. And it still wasn't working. It was taking like a, a while. It was more of a mental thing. But what I realized is that the uh, breathing, there's nothing, there's no food or medication that works faster than the breath. When I was taking those for my anxiety attacks, it was, why was it working? It wasn't even, when it was going in my system, like it takes like how many minutes to hit your stomach and then how many minutes for it to dissolve and then how many minutes, minutes for it to metabolize and go into your bloodstream. It's like, you know, you got 20 minutes. You can do a breathing exercise, which a doctor taught me that got me off those medications. She taught me a very simple breathing exercise. And after I did that, in the middle of a panic attack at two in the morning, my anxiety attacks went away from a one breathing exercise. That's not when I decided to become a breath coach. I had to go through more trauma and pain mm -hmm. to finally realize, oh, shit. The breath is a thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, so going to, for the people listening, what is the trick? What is the technique that he told you? She, she, she taught me. Uh, so she said in the middle of having a panic attack, which is very difficult to do. You know, if you're in the middle of panic attack, the last thing you're thinking about is mindfulness or breathing. I'm just looking for my pill bottle. Mm -hmm. And, and in my panic attacks were so bad. I actually was, um, I had to live in my mom's basement because I lost my brother that year. My house burnt down. I lost my job. It was like one of those Murphy Law years. So I was in the basement at my mom's house and I had a bell by my nightstand. So when I was having a panic attack, I would ring the bell so she would hear it and come downstairs to comfort me because I couldn't scream for her help because I thought I was going to die and I had to go to the hospital. And that wasn't the case, but you feel like that. And I just needed the comfort. That paints the picture of how bad it was. So two in the morning, I'm sitting there having a panic attack and the doctor taught me the specific breathing exercise and I grabbed my pill bottle and I just said, you know what, I'm going to try it. Because one of the things she told me, she said, Curtis, you're on a dark path. And if you keep doing it this way, the way you're doing it, you're going to trigger more panic attacks. So the breathing exercise is very simple. She said, put your lips like this, like a kissing or a fish, and you breathe in regular and out regular. In regular, out regular, but you're regulating the airflow by putting your lips like this. So it's constricted. So it looks like this. Nice and deep. And you're not sucking in too fast. You're not pushing it out. You're breathing regular, but you're constricting your lips and you're just breathing deep. And I don't know. I did like, I don't know, like four of them. And I was maybe even three of them. And I was like, this isn't going to work. And I just did that. I did one more. And then when I did one more. It was like, pop. Like I just broke through. 
and then just calm down. And that was it. Very simple breathing technique. They call it the straw breathing. That one breathing, like breath work, changed my life in how I show up in the world. And that particular straw breathing, that thing saved my life. Getting rid of the panic attacks. Like I, I, I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. Mm. That's so amazing though, because I think that I look at what you're cha- like what you're doing now, you know, you're really helping people with that. Yeah. I mean, we live in the age of anxiety. People are messed up, man. You know, this is my mission. I'm a hundred percent all in, you know, it's either give up, you know, give in or give it your all. Mm. Yes, all. definitely. Um, well, that's how I feel with what I'm doing. So what can you, what do you want to leave everybody with in terms of our conversation? I mean, anyone who's on a healing journey in general, the advice I give people is, um, you know, be brutally honest with yourself. You know, I think uh, awareness is one of the greatest healers. Um, It dissolves um, karma. You know, it um, helps move the energies um, and regulate our emotions because we don't necessarily have to fix things and do all this work. We really don't. There's a lot of modalities out there, but if you can simply be aware, like think of all, you know, in our mind, in our bodies, we have these dark caves, right? These dark places we don't want to go. And it's something that happened, a situation that we just don't want to visit. And, but if we did visit and we kind of go into this pattern that we're doing, that we keep attracting the same thing, we just go in that dark cave and we have a torch because we're out of that light. When we go in that dark cave, we don't need to touch nothing. We don't need to fix nothing. We don't need to rip down a, ro- a wall. We just got to hold up our light and just look around and just be present, you know, in that habit or in that pattern or whatever it is. And just being present and shining that light, which is in a metaphor for your awareness, it dissolves. It begins to melt away. But you're only going to be able to enter that cave is if you push aside the fear, which is holding you back anyway, and you're brutally honest with yourself and you're willing to do the work. And that's like a really good way, you know, to heal, you know, just get really curious. You know, I say curiosity is consciousness at work and curiosity didn't kill the cat. Ignorance did, you know? So, uh, and then also, you know, coming up with some modality, it doesn't have to be breath work. Breath work doesn't have to be your thing. But if people can try it and go in with the open mind, they may just have one of the most profound life-changing experiences that they ever had. And that was my story. And uh, you can do breath work. Uh, I would recommend you can do breath work on your own, in your house. You don't got to go to a yoga studio. You don't got to do anything. But the one thing I would recommend if you haven't done breath work, and some people think they have. That's the one thing they're like, oh, I've done Kundalini or this breath work and this, you know, fire breath, you know, that stuff. But this is different. The breath work, um, detox and, you know, holotropic, they're kind of different, different animals than pranayama breathing. Um, I would say have a instructor uh, show you at least the first time, you know, once you kind of got it and, and you know what to expect, because there's some things that you need to know 
prior of what to expect so you can allow yourself to go deeper to be able to have a breakthrough. So, um, you know, sometimes uh, the weight we need to lose isn't on our body. You know, we got some emotional stuff and to, to release and let go and, and try breathwork just for the, the clarity. People, everyone wants to know their mission, their purpose, and the next step. You know, I would do it just for that. Mm, yeah, really. Okay, so where can everybody find you? Yeah, you can find me on Man From The Stars on Instagram, manfromthestars.com. It directs you to my website. And those are the two. Yeah, keep okay. it simple. Sounds great. I'll put your links below. Thank you so much for joining. Everybody, yeah. be sure to follow him on Instagram. Check out one of his breathwork classes. I'm definitely going to do that. And thanks for joining me. Okay. Thanks for having me.